Welcome to episode number 124 of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. Oh, you want to have yourself an afternoon? Here's what you do. You go to allmusic.com. You type in Eddie Hazel. Click credits. Go down, 1971. You start with Chloe's on my lap. You start with Maggot Brain by Funkadelic. You listen to the next two Funkadelic records. And then 1990 by The Temptations. My guy is on fire on that thing. And then you do the solo record. Games, dames, and guitar things. Tremendous. Absolutely untouchable. Hoagie, Wesley, Ensley. Of Sunny Falls is on the show this week. Sunny Falls holding it down in the post country scene of Chicago, Illinois. Wonderful band. Great conversation between myself and Hoagie and me. Well, I've been, first of all, got whacked with a migraine last night. I am sorry that we're late here, but I am also not. I was dying last night. But here we are. It's Thursday and me. I have been a part of all these great conversations as of late. A lot of people coming over. And I also had the chance to talk for the first time with Amanda Starling, host of one of my favorite podcasts in the world, Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. Amanda is also an editor at The Alternative, one of the best websites in this game. Amanda was kind enough to talk to me about the show for an interview that went up this past Friday. Go check it out over at getalternative.com. Bookmark that page. They will keep you in the know. And subscribe to Angry Girl while you're at it. And speaking of podcasts made by people we know and love and appreciate so wholly for their work and devotion that they put into creating something unique and worthwhile simply for the love and creation of sharing stories. Liner notes. That's right. Shannon Schreback, our friends podcast featuring guests talking about records that changed their lives. Liner notes, of course, is recorded live at the G-Man Tavern in Wrigleyville here in Chicago on the first Thursday of the month. And guess who's booked? for Thursday, March 7th. This guy, I will be there talking about Lifetime's Hello Bastards and Jersey's Best Dancers. That's right, two records. Why? Because I make the rules. You know how you make the rules? You beg your friend Shannon to let you do something different because you promise you have a good reason for it. And I do, and I would love for you to come and hear about it live on March 7th, 7 p.m. at the G-Man. There's a link in the episode notes. I'm going to talk to Shannon about this flyer. Uh, I'm at the bottom of it. I'm not sure if she noticed that, but we'll take care of that. We, and when I say we, I'm talking about the dog in my lap right now, and I are continuing our efforts over on Patreon where we've got a brand new playlist exploring that psychedelic soul world of Eddie Hazel that I've been finding myself exploring constantly and plenty of extra audio content surrounding the show, post-interview conversations, pre-interview prep, 
old friends coming over for 15 minutes with you. Season two, it's on its way. We got swag, postcards, patches. You can even sign up to receive a bag of coffee once a month, roasted by yours truly. Lots of good stuff over there at patreon.com slash Podcast. All right. Hoagie, Wesley, Ensley of Sunny Falls is on the show this week. Sunny Falls is a stellar American rock band from Chicago. What a term, right? Here's how I describe it. Punks that went down the Graham Parsons rabbit hole. Sunny Falls comes out on the other side sounding like an ideal combination of Built to Spill, Being There Era, Wilco, Little Replacements. It's a sound that I love backing Hoagie's honed-in songwriting a craft that dates back to his old band Shiloh, who released three LPs in a short period of time before imploding as a result of some very real shit. Sunny Falls is the process of Hoagie trying to put it all into perspective and trying to create something lasting, and it's something he most certainly succeeds in. We talk about growing as a writer and processing life as it's handed to you. Excellent conversation for you this week, so let's get to it. We'll start with a song. This is Easy to Lose, followed by my interview with Hoagie Ensley. There's a front line that I just found about just who was Lee Ar- Harvey Oswald. Sure. And that shit is fascinating to me. I think that's the most fascinating. Is th- this oh, guy man. does so much shit in 22 years and apparently like shot a moving target uh, a few times yeah. in a short amount of time with a real crappy gun and nobody ever said he was a good shot. Jesus. This, I love the... The titles, The Sniper's Nest, right? Patrolman Murdered, uh-huh. alias Alec Heidel. I mean, they're the implication. It's just there's like a whole story in all of this. It's it's a lot. It's great. Where I did some, you find this? <laughs> is, uh, somebody, uh, a coworker of mine, like passed them on to me. He yeah. had like a lot of like wow. family toys and stuff, and he was like, "Hey, <laughs> you're weird. Yeah, you're like <laughs> you these. would like these. Like, That's yeah. Fantastic. I think the thing about." Uh, Reading on someone like that is you just for me. I'm just like mm-hmm. I haven't done anything. Yeah, all these these people do all this shit before they turn 21 years old. Yeah, I just you know lived in a college town. 
And then I moved. Yeah. What college then? <laughs> I was in Bloomington, oh, cool. Illinois. Yeah. Um, but you, so, and you think of Indiana when you hear Bloomington because you're an sure. Indiana person, yeah, sure. right? Yeah. You grew up over there? Yeah. Uh, Hammond and um, Highland mostly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the, the region, northwest yeah. Indiana. That's and, right. and you're close to... Uh, to Lansing, Illinois. Too. Yeah. So when that's yeah when you were getting into punk, was that all happening? Around yeah. You? Yeah. Totally. I'd, there was a big, um, big punk scene, and I played in punk bands, and you know did the whole. Th- I mean, a lot of you know we would come up and play Chicago all the time because so yeah, it's what you do. Yeah. Right. Um, so I remember playing at like Township when it was Ponchos, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cool. Um, it was a thriving scene. I had just ran into someone recently who still plays in punk bands down there. And um, apparently like Jack White was coming through like scouting Northwest Indiana punk bands. Like it became really? like a thing. It was like Northwest Indiana, you know, with like uh, uh-huh. that band, like uh, The Bug or like a, oh, there's yeah, like, or sure. like you talked to Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ralph yeah. was in The Bug. Right. Yeah. And then there's. The other band called Bug, right? Uh, who's from that area? Yeah, CCTV I, and like yeah, you know, CCTV is yeah. a great band. Totally, that Bug band. You know, I try to be positive. <laughs> it's just like, all right, yeah, we got yeah. it. Fuzz, cool. <laughs> we totally. We all went through the phase. Yeah. Are your folks still there? Uh, my dad is mostly in Chicago. Um, like my st- my stepmom grew up in Logan Square. Uh-huh. Um, and so he's basically here. Yeah. So they're right. like. He's kind of in between. He like works out there, but then stays with her most of the time. That's so. interesting. So he comes back to Chicago from working out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of opposite yeah. the usual setup. Totally. Yeah. He's like, he's a therapist, so he's getting his uh, papers ready to like fully make the the transition oh, to okay. Chicago. How long have they been together then? About eight years, I think. Oh, Seven okay. or eight years. Yeah. Well, why is so. it taking so long? <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. We'll have to have him on and have him <laughs> answer that. Perfect. All right. That's good because I'm trying yeah. to get a bank going again. I didn't really do much over the winter, so right. I need I need more people coming in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about your mom? Is she still? Uh, my mom is in Northwest Indiana. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. What mm-hmm. What's she up to? Uh, she's a school teacher in Hammond. Oh, uh, okay. Elementary school teacher. Yeah. And she works another job working with developmentally disabled kids. Two That's jobs, amazing. yeah. Kids and kids, yeah. Working, working. She works a lot. Yeah. What? Um. And when did they? You got first off. You got siblings. Uh. Yes. I have. It's a strange question. I've had so many step parents, and uh-huh. I've had. Uh, so yeah, I have. Let's see. Uh, a few. A step brother, step sister. Um. But I guess we'll become ex step because my mom's getting divorced again. Uh-huh. But then she has how many? How many divorces is this? This will be oof, th- three, I guess. Well, there's my dad, and then uh-huh. she was with someone else for ten years, and but I guess they weren't married. But uh, yeah, it's a, right. the third guy. Uh-huh. Um, she had kids with my stepdad, uh-huh. so I have so half siblings. I have my twin brother and sister, and uh, my older brother. So three half siblings, and then I have okay. a step sister with my new stepmom in logan square stepsister over there two three stepbrothers when you get to this know. point you're kind of just like you're just yeah, like just, they're all, all right just, yeah, yeah like whatever i i've been around this enough. yeah we can just, we can be cordial at at 
the things that we see each other at three times a year. Right. Yeah. So when when did they split up? Then your folks. Oh man, I was born in August, and they were they were separated by oh, Christmas. Shit. <laughs> I I think I've seen my parents in the same room. I don't have any memories of them in the same room. Maybe yeah. once. Wow. Like, and I don't even remember. I assume that over the years, at least once, I've seen them in the same room. But yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, not much. So they're um, not. They're not. No, they uh, they they're don't not getting out. together to no. pass you on to the other one. No. Are you? Are you late August or are you? August fifteenth. Right okay. In the middle. So you're a Leo. Yeah. 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 And I actually right. met at a deep dish pizza restaurant. So that shit is a uh, pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they so, met at a deep dish. Yeah. And then they broke up yep. in a New York style. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> so were you were you growing up in in your mom's house? Were you split? Uh, split. Yeah, oh, okay. I bounced around a lot, kind of between them and my grandparents, and uh, yeah, a lot of bouncing. So you, you sent me a song a few days ago, it's mm. a new one called mm. Capacity, Yes, and I, I'm reading that and I'm having a hard time not uh, taking that as autobiography. Sure, very. Yeah, straight up. It was a wild Dark shit. time, yeah, for yeah. sure. So what was going on with with your mom? <laughs> my st- that was my, st- my first stepmom. Uh-huh. Um, well, oh, we're getting into thinking, it. Right? All right. <laughs> uh, how many people listen to this? <laughs> uh, Millions. Okay. Millions. Well, in that case, I'll uh-huh. really give you the full story. <laughs> um, I don't know. She's uh, addicted to drugs, um, bipolar, maybe. Uh-huh. A combo of speed, dope, and sure. mental illness. Yeah. And severe, uh, you know, uh, physical ailments kind of was acted as the uh you know kind of the uh the thing to fall back on if you if you will what right uh, well what do you mean by like physical ailments, oh like I she guess? that was kind of kicked off the whole thing with her being like uh in bad shape it was a like a broken severe broken ankle and then cancer and all these things and oh she oh okay spiraled into this kind of frenzy of of drug addiction wow um, yeah and and your dad was this is your, your stepmom right uh, my ex stepmom uh huh <laughs> and how old were you when all this is kind of going out um between ten and sixteen right all the all the good years to be yeah, taken in totally. all of the all of that imagery yeah. crazy um I guess. My current stepmom is great. Shout outs to Yvonne. Dude, hell Yvonne's yeah. Great. I'm, I'm fucking, I, I like Yvonne more and more as the minutes <laughs> go by. She's that's, great. That's a fucking lot to take in. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, yeah, I'm excited on the new stuff. I feel like it's been very, um, I think I just sent you three. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I feel like it's uh, it's been very therapeutic. It's uh, some raw, raw shit. Well, I feel like the, you know, the last few years of, of your music, you're really you know, getting into these heavy parts of your life that mm. you're taking in. Yeah. So, you know, do you feel like maybe some kind of specter, you know, you, you talk about a period of time in your life, do you come away from that mm. and feel like, oh, mm. that was that was all really good. Maybe <laughs> I should maybe I should go back to these other tortured times and, and <laughs> unpack things. Um I don't know. I think that um I don't know. I guess there's a lot of, I, I'm older now. I have the, you know, looking back on things. You know, I think there are certain things like on this, the next one that I'm writing, it, it's just, 
I've developed a voice as a writer. And so like, I only need one song about my stepmom, you know? And like, now I have the tools, um, I hope melodically and kind of, you know, just as a songwriter, you can say that you have the tools. I've come into my own as like a writer and songwriter. And so it's like, now I'm able to unpack all of these things and it feels great. And I'm like getting them off my chest and then just being like, you know, hopefully one day I've unpacked all of this shit. Right. Uh, <laughs> strange, traumatic yeah. uh, childhood events. Um, yeah. And then that, what? That, then well, what well now, do? I mean, wow. right now it's, things are great. I mean, I have, I think that part of this new period of really unpacking it is not only playing music for a really long time and, and writing a lot and developing a voice, but also my life has become very even keeled where it's just now I'm in like an emotionally safe space where I can like, um, I can sit and be, you know, there's no chaos in my life. It's like chill. Yeah. I'm just like, Uh got a great partner. Uh, just things are like very, finally normal right <laughs> so it's like now i'm like all right let's fucking yeah it's delve like you into can't this. <laughs> you can't like you can't unpack that stuff when you, the life around you is messy because right. you got a messy life around yeah. you and now it's like okay you've developed this you know kind of sense of comfort in being able to you know understand that like yeah this is your safe spot and mm-hmm. then at the end of it you have this creative thing that you get to share and, yeah. and work with and and build because one of the I, I like that your records um you know they they're all so big i think mm. that was one of the biggest uh like affirmations of getting into shiloh was oh i listen to some kind of specter and i'm like mm. oh, i fucking love how big this is there's oh, so much cool. stuff going on and then i go back to 2011 and it's like he's he's recording this shit in the bathroom but oh, there's yeah. still a lot of things happening on sure. it it's always been happening big right yeah i guess so um what uh did you grow up with music in the house mm. or you know do you remember getting into music as you were growing up uh my dad is pretty standard kind of classic rock he had a little record collect probably you know one of these shelves Uh worth you know a little little stack right um got some black sabbath uh boston um i remember yeah like that live kiss record the double album was oh yeah cool you know and like that first Uh black sabbath record was just you know when you're a kid it's like the scariest shit (laughs) <laughs> it's like yeah, Ozzy in the for forest sure. and then you open it up and it's like an upside down cross and you're just like what is this uh-huh, <laughs> and yeah. then you put it on and yeah it's so, wild that the adult has that how does this happen? I know yeah so um, yeah what, standard stuff with it yeah, yeah what, not too much though like he didn't he didn't play any instruments or anything like that or yeah no one really uh huh um, so how do you how do you find it I guess how does it kind of start happening for you where you're getting interested in it and finding new things and discovering uh, I guess um, I, don't, I think I saw a picture of Jimi Hendrix with that with his guitar on fire and yeah. I was like that looks tight <laughs> so <laughs> I was like I could probably uh, I don't know I could, I could play guitar I'll, I'll give that a just shot gotta, you know? just gotta get myself a guitar and yeah. then I'll set it on fire and um, gold I was like Green Day there. I was into Green Day and I think yeah. that um, how old are you? Uh, 28 I'll be 28 in August oh, okay so, so yeah well, you, Nimrod's out yeah you know, Nimrod's like, yeah, out this is tight. Uh, American Idiot mm-hmm. was like the you know blew my mind open yeah, <laughs> seventh definitely. grade I just watched <laughs> the the um, that 2000 series you know the CNN's 
doing the the decades. Oh yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks is producing yeah. it. You get to listen to Tom Hanks talk about stuff. That's Very cool. Yeah. But they spent <laughs> a lot of time talking about American Idiot. Yeah, and me, I was a Dookie guy. Oh yeah. By the time American Idiot comes out, I'm like, who's this? Uh, yeah. And then it's funny the way that that record has really cemented itself is like, you know, yeah. for the people who were a few years younger than me, mm-hmm. that's the one. And like looking back, it's like, yeah, that's that's the Bush years. Totally. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I believe Chicago was the second. So I still I had strange memory. I I believe it came out September twenty first, two thousand four. Uh huh. And. It was like also the first concert. That's why I remember this because it was they played Chicago. It was the second city to hear that record, like in oh, full. Oh, okay. And so I saw them. I think it was at the Riv, um, and it was crazy. You know, like they had never played that record in its entirety, I believe. Uh huh. And so Chicago, they did like L.A., Chicago, and some other city. Yeah. Um, and so I heard that. I was like seventh grade, saw that shit. Oh, I was like, all right, perfect. All I right. gotta, I gotta start doing this. Yeah. Um, How did that happen? What getting play music? Yeah, um, yeah. So the picture of Jimi Hendrix and uh, the uh-huh. Screen Day concert uh-huh. was uh, was the thing. And so I uh, would you beg for a guitar? And- uh, I th- I think I just asked for one for Christmas. My grandparents got me a little S one hundred one standard. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And then I started, yeah, just reading interviews with fucking Billy Joe Armstrong and uh, and he, you know, uh, I think they did a cover record or something and. They cover or they cover like the Kinks and started, oh, okay, and I yeah. found like X, uh-huh. like the whole L.A. punk stuff yeah. and um, the Germs. X and had like, to be a good find for you yeah. though, because they've got that like country and and yeah. kind of old rock and roll yeah. influence to it. Totally. So that was yeah, just, just got super into punk stuff. You know, I think Green Day is a good starting point. You just yeah, just look right, just delve in from there, and I just yeah. Got into all the punk shit. Were and you hardcore going? and stuff like that? Yeah. What what hardcore? Uh first like you know, minor threat, circle jerks. Yeah. You know, classic stuff. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Cause yeah, like hardcore is fucking thriving. Yeah. around your time in yeah. Northwest Indiana. Dude, yeah. Cold great. shoulder. Cold shoulder. Thought Crusade. That shit was fucking tight. Were you going yeah. to the, were you going to those shows? Yeah, I was yeah, I was I hung out with Ralph all the time. He's like an, a childhood friend. Um Really? Yeah. <laughs> so He's was, good. Dude, yeah, he was like seventeen and I was like I think fourteen or something uh-huh. when we first met. I just thought he was like Yeah, just like he was the cool punk dude. I remember yeah. Yeah, just yeah. hanging out with him and like uh watching his bands and then I started a band. Um you know, partially inspired by that stuff. Was so, that Deathbed Conversion? No, it's called The Have Nots. It's oh, buried okay. on MySpace. I don't yeah. know if you were able to. <laughs> I couldn't find that one. Did, yeah. I, Dude, I, I, it's, it holds up. Our drummer was 10, I think, or 11. Uh-huh. Well, his punk name was 11 uh, because he was 11 <laughs> and he could shred. Like, that kid could seriously play drums in that band. Um, Did he play Standing Up? <laughs> no. There was a there was a band that uh, played in my, in my town, and then they had a, a drummer who was like, the guy, the guitar player's younger brother, and he yeah. he just played standing up because he <laughs> couldn't sit down and play. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Northwest Indiana hardcore is a is a fun fun time. Met a lot of Chicago bands from that, like uh, a Braid and um, Intifada, all kinds of cool yeah. punk shit. Yeah. Um. So, when does when does Deathbed come along? Because that's that's the timeline that I can pick up on it 
Yeah, I think I was 16 or 17. Okay. That's when I started playing with Calvin, my yeah. current drummer. Um, Alex, too, right? Yeah. Alex was yeah, on that? Yeah, Alex, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he actually just called me right before I walked inside here. Oh he's, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's good. I can I can cross out the <laughs> what great. happened with oh, Shiloh. Dude. Are you he's guys great, at odds? Yeah, no, no, I knew that you weren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's good. Um, yeah. What's he doing? Is he is he still doing Old Joy? He had a couple yeah. Well, singles, he, uh, right. he some weird shit happened, and now he's like back, and uh, he has a plan to restart it, and I'm gonna try to play guitar in it, and yeah, you know, yeah. yeah uh, sure. He's great, dude. That guy is like he is like. 400 songs written that are not i mean it's crazy this kid i mean he's I been writing the demos and yeah it's like oh all right you google like on songs he's yeah. like he has so much stuff uh-huh. so good so um, deathbed you, yeah. you described it uh what was the description that you had there it was a thrash metal <laughs> punk experiment mm-hmm. or yeah. this that was just play yeah, fast. i was just 17 and playing riffs right it's just uh uh-huh. yeah um i actually just found this home movie of us playing in Pilsen at this place uh, called Mount Happy, uh-huh. um, like 2007 or something. Yeah, um, it wasn't bad. I don't know what you found. You probably found it on MySpace or something. But uh, well, yeah. you like, I was lucky enough to find. Because here's the thing. Here and 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 I'm gonna sidebar for a second okay. to talk about journalism. Sure. Because I read a lot of this is the thing that I like to do is I like to dive in on whatever information I can find. Yeah. All these Sunny Falls write-ups. Yeah. They're just like, Hoagie, he's a, <laughs> he's a DIY veteran. Right. And I'm That's like, catchphrase. I'm like, okay, can you tell me <laughs> one of the bands that he was in? Right. And everyone, DIY veteran. Right. Been doing this for a year. I find a Leor write-up about mm-hmm. a show you're playing at the Empty Bottle. Called me a banjoist. It's, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> Is true, yeah. but what's also true is that he packed so much information into that five sentence write up that he did that I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay, cool, Shiloh." Mm. And then he talked about deathbed conversion, which you mm. were you were all in yeah. before Shiloh. So, um, what I what I'd like to do is kind of walk down the path that you all take. Uh, somewhat familiar is mm. the we're really into punk, and within three years we're so into. Graham Parsons and the birds. So, so <laughs> right. how does that start for you? I don't know. I mean, I think that Alex was a influence. I mean, you know, I was kind of just shredding around playing riffs, and um, and Calvin at the time, uh, that's that was his thing. You know, he play. He also he he plays. He was playing mostly super heavy music, and so mm-hmm. we connected in just being able to shred stuff. Um, and. Uh, and then Alex was kind of writing these, um, I don't know, just acoustic songs. Um, and I started hanging out with him all the time. And I was like, well, I want, I think I could do that too. Like I could yeah. play chords. How'd you meet and, him? And just through high uh, school? Like local yeah. Scene? He, I think he, he was dating a friend of mine. Okay. Um, and she was just like, I'm hanging out with this weird kid. She come hang out. And then yeah. went, Perfect. Went, went over. He's weird. His, and so are yeah, you. Met him, uh, met him in his, his mom's bathroom and he was, he had a big two liter and they're smoking weed out of this two liter and blowing oh, it out the window. Fuck, and yeah. You do a gravity like, bong stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That's it's how something. I learned how to smoke weed was yeah. on a gravity bong. <laughs> yeah. Just like, boom, to the dome and then sink into right. a couch and watch King of the Hill for three hours. Totally. Um, so, yeah, that's where I met him. And um, 
So I just was trying to kind of keep up with him, and um, I don't know. The Deathbed, I mean, we only, it was like just a couple songs, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, it didn't really last for very long, and then I just, we started just writing around each other, and he influenced my writing a lot, and then we just kind of moved in, moved in together, Yeah, began a, uh, you know, long-term codependent relationship for sure were you still in indiana or you moved to chicago uh, we moved to pilsen yeah in like two, 2009 i think the thing about like finding a like you know all country folk however you want to term it is like for me that was like finding the ramones yeah. that was the moment where that music made sense to me in a sense of like oh you these are the three chord songs that I can write mm-hmm. like by myself on an acoustic guitar. Sure. So yeah. there's, I guess the the feeling of like free, you know, the free energy that you get out of yeah. discovering that stuff and just diving into the to the world, the historical totally. aspect of it. Yeah, it can be powerful. You were That's going fun. so so. Was it just like? It, it, it's interesting that you bring up that Alex was kind of the one that was into it. Cause I think when, you know, 2010, 2011 comes along when you start putting out shallow songs, mm-hmm. it feels like your songwriting is a little bit more intact. Oh, and his is like, yeah, you know, I listened to that through that discography a couple of times. Oh, and wow. one of the, one of the things that I really enjoyed out of it is seeing your both your starting points, I think, are a little bit different, and mm-hmm. you have, you know, over the course of it, you expand in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And Alex just gets better and better and better, and by the end yeah. of it, like the harmonious relationship between yeah. the two is it's very a lot of untapped there. potential. Uh, <laughs> Why do you <laughs> say that like kid. that? With uh, well, I think that um, I don't know. I guess because I'm aware of the extent of his. I think he brought to my attention earlier that he may have only had i think nine songs over those three records yeah um which well, the first one he's got like one or two yeah um, it's a little bit more like one and one yeah i don't know i just feel like um i don't know he just has a lot of stuff that uh, wasn't recorded and i think that him and i i don't know i'm excited to play in in old joy now because i feel like there's a lot of growth that both of us can have just i don't know that band seemed like a a long learning process of like learning how to record learning what we do like and don't like about being in studios um i don't know it just seemed like a really long growth period and now right i don't know and it was weird because we were both figuring out like how to write songs you know Mm -hmm. um and so were you doing it together or was it like it was mostly like I would have what I, the songs that I like he was he would have like a huge catalog to choose from and then I would be like all right we'll have these 5 choose a few that you think would mesh well uh-huh. in the context of like these yeah and put so, it together and like try and build a, yeah. a record out of that yeah. I guess what's interesting to me in, in thinking about thinking about the fact that I didn't know this band when it was happening yeah. and, and you know we do run and kind of similar similar circles now Mm -hmm. but i think that anybody who like plays music has affinity for this type of thing but not that many of our people are playing it right so with shiloh like (laughs) you know who were you like who were your 
peers, I guess, or who were you playing with and where? Um, oh, man. I mean, I guess it changed throughout the year. I think it was a band for, I think, four years. And so at first there was like some folk kids in Rogers Park that were playing that kind of stuff. And I don't, honestly, I don't remember <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah. I don't know. I think that we, cause it was weird because I, I all of my friends were in like punk bands and stuff. Exactly. And like, um, yeah. I don't know. It's a strange thing. We, I think we just kind of built our own little world in the beginning or mm-hmm. I don't know, we didn't build a world. We just, yeah. I don't know. We just had our own little friend group and random people that would end up coming to the shows. And then towards the end, we had, you know, I guess, I don't know, it was like 2013 or whatever, so there was a bunch of garage rock going on. Like, we were friends with, uh, like, Tommy from Jolly's. You know that band? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he played bass on the last oh. record. Um, and and he I think he was starting that band around that time, and so we were playing with them, and then we met, like, MTV Ghosts and... Um, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, just, like, a bunch Some of people. And then Young Camelot, right. like, the beginning of Young Camelot. I lived at Young Camelot for a while, um, like, the, the... when that band when Shiloh ended um so yeah I guess towards the end we just kind of started to fall in with you know uh-huh. garage rock bands rock and roll bands and that's kind of the you know direction we were heading in right sort of Th- that that makes a little bit more sense I forget about like that scene I th- I kind of associated with like Cole's bar yeah and stuff like totally. that but you had you had Michael McDonald playing on all my friends and he's yeah. recorded pretty much everything. everything since then. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And he was an Oshawa, right? He was an Oshawa, that, yeah. That's the connection. Totally. Okay. Alicia yeah. came on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But that that's like okay. So that's like kind of the the swerp crowd, which mm-hmm. maybe leads you into super. Yeah. So it's it is wild though that like it it's an interesting spot I think for a person like yourself, mm-hmm. a band like yours, mm-hmm. where everybody that we know like likes this type of music but there's never really been a solid scene around it yeah and i feel like that type of sound especially like the early shiloh stuff it's like oh you could find yourself playing places that you don't want to (laughs) play yeah yeah dude we we played some i think our first show is at the horseshoe tavern which i don't even know if it still exists it's on lincoln somewhere super far north um Yeah, I mean, we definitely did. We played with the Orwells a couple times uh, in the beginning, and they were right. shitbags then too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but my uh, hands just kind of tense when we brought those. Dude, out. yeah, fuck those, yeah. fuck those kids. I've, I've, I've never really been too much of a fan of like a lot of that scene because it seems so cock rock it seems so like mm-hmm. rock and roll man and just yeah. being shitty and then you find out like yeah that's because they were yeah during the beginning of shiloh actually we played with them twice and there was like now i haven't thought about this in so long so it's coming back to me so we played there's a spot in pilsen called the spaceship oh yeah um, sure i remember that that place is yeah. super cool um so we would play there. There's a place called like the Meat People House in Pilsen. There's like some little spots in Pilsen, and this was almost ten years ago. They're all gone. Um, so yeah, little places like that. There's a couple DIY spots in Rogers Park, and yeah, it's just a weird kind of yeah. yeah, not a lot of similar bands. We'd always play with you know super diverse bills because no one knew what the fuck we were doing. Right. Yeah, and sometimes you're 
the ones that make absolutely no sense and right. maybe sometimes you find your people totally. what how does the i guess the course of that band go you make three records in in four years mm-hmm. um i think a ample amount of growth happens between each yeah um when it ends why why does it it feels like what's the name of the you know last, last time, time for everything, everything. Not intentional. Not, oh, <laughs> not that's fun at all. Intentional. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm sure that we joked about it because he, you know, I don't know how much he wants to say. He's also very public about this shit. But yeah, I don't. Know. Wait, what were you gonna ask me? Well, you know, <laughs> I don't wanna... bring me in. I guess to the to the end of it, and you know yeah. how that went. And yeah, you know, it's if it's you speaking for someone else in a way that you're not comfortable mm-hmm. with, don't feel like you have to. Um, but how does it? Kind of all wind down. Well, uh, let's see. I, we basically lived together for f- the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, Alex and I did, um, which was great. I mean, I mean, great. Maybe it wasn't great. It was. He's fine. I love the kid, but uh, <laughs> he, you know, he was a. You know, he he had drug problems. You know, um, and that yeah. was. He's been very open about that. Um, so yeah, that that was the catalyst for it just falling apart. Obviously, because. People, uh-huh. drug addicts are bad at being in <laughs> bands that you're yeah. trying to have a career doing. So, Absolutely. Um, and Calvin, I think, I could, I feel comfortable speaking for him and saying that he probably quit because it was just our, Alex and I had a really, you know, codependent relationship. And it was like very, you know, he was like, he's like my brother, you know? So just like uh-huh. when one, one kid's addicted to drugs and the other one, you know, it was just super involved living together. It was just like very intense and he was just probably like, you know, fuck this. Right. And so it just kind of fell apart and then Alex went and, you know, got healthy and did his thing. And then I was just like, well, now I need to, uh, I need to have a project that has, excuse me, like sustainability, you know, uh-huh. it's not dependent on another songwriter. Or when, when you were, when you were doing it though, you, you just, spoke of it as as though it was you know something that you wanted to be able to do Mm. full time Mm. um so i'm a i'm a recovering alcoholic Mm. and i guess you kind of just tapped into this shit recently um partially because i'm having a really hard time right now um and also just watched the robin williams documentary and he puts it very well after after he goes through rehab where um when you're addicted you're selfish you right. are not you are not a a person who functions for anything other than uh what you need yeah and <laughs> physically you know to some degree or whatever yeah. and it, it, especially when it comes to you know the drugs that you're not supposed to do mm. um that's quite a toll to take on you know someone who would describe themselves as a partner as someone mm. in a codependency. Oh yeah. So, I mean as as much as you would like to go into it, you know. Sure. Honestly, to me like the idea of seeing a needle drug scares the living shit out of me. Same. Right. So, I mean, how do you how do you like <clears throat> once that starts, how how do you take anything in? Uh, how, what do you mean? Like you're, you're attached to this person in, in so many different ways. You mm. love this person and then you see 
like, oh, you're going down. It was happening the whole time. Right. (laughs) So we made Uh three records. I mean, like, he was in rehab um, when we were making the first one. We kind of, we put out a little EP thing, and then he Uh went to rehab, and then he, he was, like, coming back and recording um and it was a little disjointed and then by the time the record was finished he moved back to chicago what's that so you make so basically it was happening the whole time Uh it was you know so it was like uh and so your initial question was how do you what was it i guess how do you just take it in like how do you take it in right (laughs) you're living with somebody who's who's going through this i think that i i don't know you really kind of i mean when i look back on it you just kind of take it day by day. You're just like, because there's always this kind of, you know, it's like a phantom in your house. You know, you're just like, I, and you never know. I mean, it creates a, a, a situation of paranoia and you never know if someone is fucked up and you want them to come to practice or come out of their room and their eyes not be pinpoints, you know, you Mm -hmm. want them to be like, um, okay <laughs> and so like you just and sometimes they you pass by them in the house and they're totally fine and sometimes right. like you know so it's really just kind of something where i don't know I'm, you know at the time uh, i just had you know like had other things in my life you know i was just i was just writing songs and booking shows and just kind of like yeah you just take it day by day you know it's like Especially when there are periods of people being clean, and so I don't know. I don't think there's any. I don't know. It's it's very it's difficult. You know, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, and it's for sure. it's something that's um, in retrospect seems like crazy <laughs> to, that you spend four years or whatever living with someone who's struggling with this. Um, but yeah, in in the moment, you're just you're you're doing it. Day by day, you're just hanging out, right. hoping someone's clean, hoping that you'll be able to, you know, work on some stuff or or hang out with someone and them not be fucked up. And so, yeah, that's really all you can do, day by day, and then right. try to plan for a long term thing, which we always were, you know. Well, when you like, you know, I'm trying not to read the entire record as just a reflection on that time, but some kind of specter. Yeah. Oh. You know, when you say like, "Hey, I lost my shit." Like, there's a lot of heat going on in that. Were mm-hmm. you to, you know, were you at a point where you're angry with this person? Were you at a point where you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I wish, yeah, we, yeah. That's like, uh, man, if he was here, it would be uh, much, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he would say all kinds of shit that I don't even know if he would. I'm, he's very he's an open book you know so yes we got very heated yeah dude you're in a band with someone and you feel like you're both worthwhile and have something to offer and you're making stuff that's really fun and, and someone's fucking and your friends are dying around you you yeah. know like literally like people are just dying and so you're just like well God damn it. Are you going to die or are we going to like try and make this band work? Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy shit. We got super heated, screamed at each other. I think I tore one of his shirts in half one, off of him one time. It's crazy. You just, you don't, <laughs> which st- I think I right. literally say on that song, which yeah. you just referenced. So, yes. 
you don't strike me as a as a confrontational person. No, no. not very confrontational. Right. I think that. Well, I mean, I can be if someone is like living with you for four years and, <laughs> and shooting up. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, it, it'll push anyone to fucking screaming at someone. Yeah. When I guess when the band ends, does it end in in conflict, or are you kind of just like, dude, I can't, like. I think it no it didn't really end in conflict. I mean, it was just kind of a long Calvin quit and then we kind of, you know, we had a couple friends join us to try I think we tried to maintain it. We we're like planning a record. We like had um, we were going to do a double album which that's a shame that that record will never happen, but uh it'll happen with his songs. I'm just not going to contribute my songs. I'm going to help him with Old Joy and that'll be great. Um yeah. I'm really excited about that because I think that'll be a good band. Um, so yeah, we had ambitions to do it and he just, you know, it just kind of dissolved. It dissolved naturally. He went to jail. That was the problem. He went to jail. Oh, <laughs> and then, fuck, yeah. which uh, he, yeah, he like made this funny post on our Shiloh's Facebook. One of the last posts was this his mugshot. He like posted his mugshot and he was just like, I'm out of jail. Don't worry. It's not for anything horrific. <laughs> just, I'm a drug addict. Yeah. I don't know. So he was just like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so we played our last show, or we didn't know it was our last show, and I don't know, it just fell apart, and then I was just like, all right, well, I've been dealing with this shit with him for a long time, so I, like, you know, I just want to make my own records, and I want sustainability, and I want to, like, you know, I just want to have a project that, I just went with the moniker Sunny Falls, because it seems like something that is, I mean, I have a I have a great band. I I love everyone in my band. Calvin, uh-huh. Anthony, Jeff, love them. And I hope that we they never quit ever. Yeah. But yeah. you know, I'm never going to stop writing songs and so I'm just going to keep this name and I feel like one thing I learned was like Shiloh that was me and Alex and that's something that I can't, you know, I I need sustainability. I need something where yeah. um all the write-ups or whatever, you know, just you know, the the growth of a career you're trying to it's hard enough much less having to worry about if your bass player is going to quit and then if he does the band is dead you know it's like it's hard and reiterate i hope no one quits ever but (laughs) i mean you know i don't want to change the name yeah i think that (laughs) that that name really does like lend itself to a, a sort of uh you know singular person like recognition of of you but uh-huh. it is a it is a band, yeah. And it's, but when you do, there's no magic left in the world. It's just you, and just then Calvin, Calvin plays the drums. So what kind of what kind of energy went into that? You're coming off of Shiloh, or are you just like I just had got to put something out. I got I got songs. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I had convinced Calvin to learn some songs. I was like, I need a drummer. And he was like, all right, Alex isn't going to be around, is he? Which, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. uh, I was like, no, dude, it'll be all right. Uh-huh. And honestly, I still would love for, I'm sure one day the three of us, will, you know, I'll get Alex on some piano. Alex, Alex played he on, on the last lot. record. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, they've not been on stage together. And they like each other. I don't think there's any animosity. But right. in the beginning, it was still fresh. You know, it was all chaotic and shit. I mean, too, when you go through, you, when you go through with someone who is... <laughs> clean and then not yeah it's all fucked yeah up. for sure um and so yeah he was like all right i'll learn some songs and then it started it was fun and we were having a good time together and i think he always thought 
I think that there was untapped potential in what we were doing. And he's like, we should, you know, we can, we make good shit together. She's like, all right. And so he learned these songs and then he's just like, I remember we were practicing. Sorry. I'm um, banning Topa Chico from these recording sessions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the bubbliest of the water. Dude, I know. I would know. I'm sober. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, he learned the songs, and then we were practicing one day, and he's just like, you know, we're going to have to find another guitar player. And I was like, ah, oh, you're in. I got you back in. Because, uh-huh. you know, he's like saying we're going to play these live. And yeah. initially we started it with just him playing drums on the recording, and then it was fun and not dramatic and just, you know, um, what being in a band is ideally easy so yeah it was easy and so we're like all right started kind of forming a group and it all kind of fell into place did you think about it in terms of like i I don't know is there any sort of feeling like you need to prove something oh yeah yeah i still feel that way (laughs) i can't believe you listened to shiloh i did not think that you. i I loved it because thank you there's there's a really really nice progression that happens Mm -hmm. you start as like um, something that's like kind of really leaning into a like traditional folkiness. There's a lot of punk energy to it, mm-hmm. and then uh, misses you get a little bit more on like that hi-fi. They show that replacements influence a little bit, and yeah. then the the last one, you're in a really good like built to spill reverby mm. space land. And what I really like about about the, the Sunny Falls EP is that you take you take that spot that you're in with your writing, but you put a lot of textures underneath mm. it. There's a nice real like guitars. depth. Love, yeah. love the acoustic and the electric combined. Just rhythm, put, same yep. same thing. Just, mm-hmm. It's great underneath it. It makes it it makes it's it sound so big. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's like you you get a little shaker underneath there. Yeah, Perfect. double track the vocals. Uh huh. There you go. So you do that. You do the EP, and you're and yeah. you're like. All right, yeah, cool. Mm. This is this is good. We should, and and I'm sure having Calvin be like, yeah, he's into it. Yeah. How does it how does it come you know to be the record where you're really going into this all this shit that you've been through over the past few years? Is it is it just the fact that well I'm out of it? It just happened. I mean, I just a lot of that stuff with with the first full length. Uh, with some kind of specter was just um, it was like written over you know the last couple of years of uh, or the beginning of I don't, I don't know when they were all written but yeah it was the, towards the end of that you know a, you know a couple verses that were left over that I was like oh that's a good verse it you know it, whatever yeah. Um, so yeah it was kind of a culmination where I actually didn't even realize that it was kind of about essentially a concept record about a codependent relationship um and i didn't really realize that because i was so involved in it until i was like sitting down with all the lyrics and like making sure the track listing was um coherent yeah um and cohesive that i was like oh shit like this is there's like an arc i was like well it's it's a loose arc but you know it kind of it shows the ins and outs of a codependent relationship and so um you know, it's funny yeah. that you that you put it that way because I, I I wrote down the line from "Until You Do," which is you you never you can never tell if you're building a hell until it starts to really show, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of just presented itself in in a different form yeah. where it's like, oh damn, this like consumptive relationship that I was in is also like 
yeah. turned into this record. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I feel like the amount of time that you spent in that and going through that yeah. and like we adapt as organisms mm. to to everything. Sure. And you know, the ability that you have to not realize that so many of your actions are dependent upon like somebody else who is not really in control of their actions anymore and yeah that's very that strange you describe it. right strange relationship to be in yeah i mean i think that your um i think that your own actions are always a reflection of the people around you in some capacity you know i mean if you're I mean, my actions within my current band or within my relationship or, you know, you'll do one thing based on how other people are kind of, you know, it's not our actions and our choices are not happening in a vacuum. We're interacting with one another inherently. Right. And it just so happens that most people are not making really crazy decisions and are kind of, (laughs) and if someone is you know, addicted to drugs and you're in a relationship with them, you are, it's, you know, you're just naturally going to make different decisions and you'll, you know what I'm saying? Does that right. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cause you're, you are not able to give yourself the nourishment that you mm-hmm. need if you are on high alert. Sure. It's like, I moved into here. She buys groceries. Mm, like, great. and I'm not saying I'm, first of all, I'm not saying that, that she buys groceries like for me. I'm saying that she keeps a stocked pantry, right. which for the 14 years that I haven't been living inside of my parents' house, it never really occurred to me that that's a nice thing to have. Yeah. To be like, oh, I'm hungry. Let me go get something from my home because I keep <laughs> right. it here. Dude, As opposed yeah. to like, yeah, I go to the grocery store like once a week and I feel like I feel like I'm winning some sort of victory when I spend under thirty dollars. Right. And it's like, dude, you're rail thin. Don't do that. That's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah, same thing with my uh wonderful partner Emma. She um she's like, We're almost out of sugar. I'm gonna go buy sugar. And I was just like, oh, people like plan. Sure. There's like planning. Almost we're almost. At, we're, sugar. I mean, there's only one can of beans left, so you're gonna uh-huh. go buy a few cans of beans so that we're not out. Wild, crazy, wild. That's some forward thinking. <laughs> um, things are good though. Yeah, it's great. Alex, now. Oh yeah, yeah. He just called me. He's like, "What song should I record? I just got my eight track back." And he has this idea. He's gonna start doing. I don't know. If, you know, I'll just say it. He's gonna do. I think he's going to try to, because he has this huge backlog of songs, he's going to release, like, a, try to do, like, a song a month, and I'm going to try to start engineering them with him and kind of playing some guitar, and it should be fun. It's, like, a fun thing to, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to be working on a record with him, and that'll come out whenever, like, a, in a long time. And then, <laughs> until then, we're going to be just, I'm going to be jamming guitar on his songs and recording them and yeah. just getting them out. Dude, and it's that's, like a huge like, that's just such good energy to to go into and i feel like you know a lot of this record i think for you is about putting things into perspective and like repairing things Mm, yeah and maybe being on the other side of of that where you see the untapped potential as you put it and to communicate with 
the music that this person makes that you yeah. admire. Yeah, it'll be great. It's it'll be fun. funny that you brought up the track listing earlier because, you know, I'll listen to some kind of Spectre a few times and, and I really caught on to the fact the first side communicates something and the second side communicates the same thing. But the first one, it's lively and bouncy mm. and it is taking in perspective on all of this real hard shit that's happening. And the second side, it's still the same hard shit. Man, those songs just get darker and darker. Yeah. Fucking, there's like so much catharsis that just happens. And, you know, the way each one of the last five tracks just beats it down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to write some happy shit. (laughs) And then, uh, but then I do that and I'm like, I'll show Emma, I'll be like, Look, like listen to this verse. Like I think it's really funny, and she's just like, "That's not funny. That's horrifically sad." And I was like, "I thought it was, I thought it was funny, dude." <laughs> same fucking way. Valentine's Day just happened. Yeah, I couldn't write a note because everything that I wrote just was like <laughs> morbid. I can only tell you that I love you in in the way that uh, is really gonna make you feel weird, yeah. like dark. <laughs> they shouldn't put this shit. They shouldn't put that yeah. fucking holiday in the middle of February, right? Put yeah. it in f- July. Or at least in the Midwest. Just shift it. Oh, Let's God. do it Valentine's Day anywhere yeah. else is in February, but right. here. Just right. do it in like May. I can't fucking can't take this dark shit that's happening. Yeah. It's got to be lighter out soon. Yeah. So it's it's exciting, though, to see that you are... I mean, do you feel like you found a rhythm with it? With music? I mean, yeah. I, I always feel like I'm... Uh, I don't know. I feel excited about the next one. We're like probably going to record it in the next few months. We're demoing it soon. Um, and I feel like the band is tighter. I mean, even the last record, I feel like there's still this like untapped potential with like the band. Cause now it's like the band has been playing together for like I think two years. Right. Um, and so everyone is really tight. Like everyone is kind of, finding their groove and calvin and i i think are have been in our groove and now we have like you know anthony and jeff who are both really just bring a lot to the table as far as arrangement ideas and um and yeah i mean it's hard to develop a voice as a songwriter and it's you know i feel like i'm getting there i'm working you know i I, for a few months i'm I've now naturally started to take a little break, but for like four months I was writing every day. And then in that four month period, I wrote the next record. Um, and you know, we've been playing the new songs together, uh, in that time. And so, yeah, it feels really good. I feel like everyone is gelling really well and we're kind of, I think when you play in a rock band, it's, it's not easy to come up with a super, um, it's it's hard to be really good, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, it's really difficult to make badass music. And I think that um being in a band with people is a really intimate and intense experience. Um and it kind of it takes a lot of tact and patience and it can be really fun. But yeah, I think that we're getting there. We're like really starting to hit a stride. Yeah, and- you know, that's kind of an aspect of it too that I found kind of interesting because so much of your music involves a lot of different 
people playing on top of it, not mm-hmm. just the band, but the auxiliary players and yeah, stuff like that. Totally. How do you think you are in terms of, you know, I feel like there is a really healthy balance of like giving someone a little bit of direction with like what you want or mm-hmm. what you're thinking, but also letting them do the thing that they do the best. <laughs> and it, like, my guess is that some kind of specter was a lot of like, here are the songs, like, and here's mm-hmm. like what I want out of it because sure. it's a new ish band that you're that you're putting together but now yeah. you've been playing it and you know that anthony plays guitar a little bit different than you do when mm-hmm. he's playing on lead. yeah um well i think you'd probably to get a the correct answer i'm not the one that can answer that i don't know i right. hope that i'm very open to uh to i i, I think that i trust all of their judgment and so a lot of this new record um and with with that one um you know i'll have the skeleton and generally uh they're happy with the skeleton and we kind of arrange around that but sometimes you know adjustments and tweaks need to be made and um yeah it's all just uh i feel like you have to get really good at being really tight yeah so that you can let yourselves loosen up yeah, totally. And then also just being able to take criticism is like so important. Yeah. You know? Are you um, good at that? I think so. Uh, I, that'd, that'd be a question for them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty self-aware, but I don't know. I think so. I think that I have definitely gotten highly irritated at people criticizing something, especially when I was writing every single day. And I just stopped doing this like two weeks ago. But I was like, you know, I'm in my own head and I'm like trying my very best. I'm like you know, I would try to fill a page a day and I would, you know, just be, you know, and once I would come up with something that would excite me, like I, for instance, there's this one song, um, I, I sent you one of them. Uh, it, it's called, uh, I don't want to say the title, but, um, it started off as like 14 verses and I showed uh-huh. them and I was like, I'm so fucking excited about this. Like, this is like, this is just, you know, and it, they were right. good verses, but like, I showed it to them and they were just like, all right, you're like definitely like in your own head a lot. Uh-huh. He was just uh-huh. like, just trim half of it. It was like, you can take, put the verses somewhere else. Like, and so that kind of thing at first I was like, you're you are wrong. Don't you understand. don't get it. You, you don't, don't understand. <laughs> like you don't understand where the saxophone the is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't, I know the layers. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely been some of that with this stuff, but I think that's good because it, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just working. I'm trying really hard to be good. It's a, uh, yeah. it's a, uh, I'm just working, man. I'm like just writing a lot and I'm happy to have the people that I have to work with me. Keep doing it. You're, you're, you've been doing, you've been doing good so far. <laughs> don't get you. in your own way. Yeah. Thank Dude, you. It's great talking. Yeah. Thank you. Over. It's been fun. All right, hey, great stuff. Hoagie, open up a lot there. It's a balance for me between taking in someone's art and what they discuss within it and remembering that there is a separation and staying conscientious of the fact. As we begin to unpack things, deeply appreciative 
of Hoagie's openness in talking. Happy to hear he and Alex are out of that period feeling strong, making music together, and Hoagie continuing to push forward with Sunny Falls, a band that is off to a great start with only bright things ahead. Thanks to Hoagie for coming by. Check out Sunny Falls online, sunnyfalls.bandcamp.com. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse, go to samhsa.org or call 1-800-662-HELP. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, rate it, write a review, tell a friend about the show. We're on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. The website is betteryetpod.com. Patreon, support the show, get the good stuff. Patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. And thank you so much. Thanks to Hoagie. Thank you, Chloe and Lily. Jillian, on the way out, you want to talk about a lot of verses in a song? I find there is none better. She just keeps going. And so do we. Come back next week. Thanks, Bubbles.
Stay.